You know what I think uh, this drum loop needs, Brandon, is uh, sleigh bells. A hundred percent. I could hear them just jingling along there. You know, I like to think um, if you put sleigh bells, you could do the... Uh, you know that song you can put that to that beat come on it's lovely weather is that what an indie version of that would be man you ever hear those really cool like metal versions of carol the bells or like uh who's it trans-siberian i was just gonna say trans-siberian orchestra august burns red did a did they really a version of it that was really good uh obviously it was a little bit more distorted oh dude that would be great yeah just brutal christmas that's what we call it brutal it's oh, too funny. Yeah, well, we made it. This is Christmas time. Uh, you know, we kicked our this podcast off right around Easter. Right. So we've made it to the to the next to the next big one, the next monument. That's right. Christian holidays. Right. We've we've upgraded. We've downgraded. We've we side graded. We've been everywhere. We've had a number of guests. We've had a number know, of guests. Yeah. Some of them great, like Carly. <laughs> some of them not so great, like, like Warren. <laughs> And he would I could be say mad that, if he was listening. I could say that because he won't listen. Oh, oh no, oh, we man. love Warren. Uh, you know what we need to do? Speaking of sleigh bells, we need to tell Warren this week. He needs to start playing those sleigh bells up yeah. for get that Christmas spirit. You know, he's great with that with the in his lead singer role of you know, <laughs> I'm that, shaking a tambourine. That tambourine. Yeah, he's a real Mick Jagger up there. <laughs> he's got the moves. Yeah. Um, oh. All right. Well, we're uh, we're in another new setting. We're going to hit every room in the church. We're going to hit every room in the church. Just needless to say, we've said this before, it's an active church. People are doing stuff. And you know what? Podcasting isn't a high priority. No, apparently not. Yeah. No. <laughs> and that's fine. Because all we're doing is recording stuff and putting it on the internet. Right. These are people having actual community. These are people the changing lives. Yeah, right. 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 Yeah. And I'm not that kind of person. I'm a, I'm a talk about it, not do it kind of person. <laughs> Well, that's true. I mean, th- that marked the year mark of us actually, you know, Easter was when we started, but we started talking about the podcast. Oh, it was like a year before. That. I've, you know, that's yeah. a prep, man. You know, you, you can't get this glorious setting in under a year. No. With that. No, look at, look at what uh, we've got. I know. Look at, look at what the Lord has blessed us with, an right. abundance. So we're going to do, uh, we're going to talk about Christmas. Right. Because it is Christmas time. And um, you know what I'm thinking here, though, is... Um, we had a little bit of a conversation about this earlier, but what uh, what is your go to Christmas movie? Oh, I don't even have to think about it. Hands down, it's Charlie Brown Christmas. Charlie Brown Christmas. It's the last. It's the last movie I watch every year for a reason, Be- because it is it, a. It's awesome. B. It's actually the the guy who is Charles Slo- Schultz. Is that how you think he's Schultz? Yeah, yeah Charles he's Schultz. Uh, crazily enough, he's actually a, a, like. I think I told you this, but he's like associated with like the church of God, like the, the group yeah. of churches we're with is. So I feel like I'm really, you know, being a patron, like, you know, like he's a, he's one of the saints that's gone before. So I feel like he's a, you know, I'm really connecting with my roots there as a church of God pastor, you know, can you be a good church of God affiliate if you don't have a beagle? No, no, you cannot No, every, every, in fact, there was a time where every pastor had to be affiliated. You had to have a beagle. That was, they didn't give you the reverend title. They just gave you a puppy and it was just a beagle. And then, and then there was a bird, the Woodstock for a while there. Uh, no, no. So I, so there's part of that, but, but, but hands down it's, it's Charlie Brown because as a pastor, and this is, you know, just me being probably super fundy and whatnot. Like it's the only one that like legitimately quotes Christmas and it's not even, and it's really interesting. It's not, it's, it's, it's the prophetic part of the Christmas story. And I think that that's, what's really cool is it's talking about the shepherds, you know, it's, I think it's like Luke it's, it's in, it's in Luke um, that he quotes and, and, and they also, I think refer to even the book of Isaiah at one point in time too. So it's like, how many Christmas movies really, most of them have the feeling, right? but how many of them, you know, so that's mine. So what is, what is yours? Yeah. What, what tops, what tops Jesus? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you better not say Die Hard. All right. So here's the thing. So it's not Die Hard. Die Hard is not, uh, for me, Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. I know some people would disagree with that, but they're wrong. You yeah. Know, but so. I've, I've lived my whole life knowing that other people don't know the truth. <laughs> Uh, this is our this is our, our moment in the podcast where Tim talks about how people aren't good. This is the moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, trust me, there's more coming. Uh, so, the, 
The movie that I always associate with Christmas is a movie called Scrooge. Oh, yeah. Not, not okay, and I'll make sure you know which one I'm talking okay. about. Okay. Not Scrooge, duh, with a D, which is Bill Murray. Bill Murray's, yeah, yeah. Right, this okay. Is Scrooge, and it's got, um, I can't think of the name of the lead actor, but it actually has uh, Alec Guinness, who plays Obi Wan Kenobi in the original Star Wars, right. plays Marley. And it's a musical version of Christmas Carol. Really? Yeah. And I don't know that one. Yeah, it's it's the one that I always remembered in my mind. And the reason <laughs> the reason it always stuck out to me, it, it had it's a musical. Right. Um You don't strike me as a musical guy. Well, I'm not I'm not in a lot of senses, but like the, here they only use the songs sparingly. Sure. I, or at least in my memory, in my recollection. <laughs> we go watch it, it's all one big it's song. It's one big song. Uh the there's a uh, uh, there's a song during the Ghost of Christmas Future, okay, where they bring him and obviously you know if you haven't seen this I'm not spoiling look I'm not sure. spoiling Christmas Carol for you <laughs> right I think you've right? watched it some form they right. take him to the to the point of where he's died right and they're they're having his like estate sale mm-hmm. and he doesn't really seem to understand what's going on but then he starts to realize what's going on kind sure of. Um, but he, he doesn't he doesn't really have an understanding that he died mm. and they're singing this song called Thank You Very Much. It's the nicest thing that anyone has ever done for me. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of this upbeat song. And right. it's the nicest thing that he had ever done for the people of this town was die. die. <laughs> and they have this parade and they have this parade where they're taking his coffin to the sure. to the churchyard and, and to the graveyard. And, uh, and he is dancing along with them, <laughs> not realizing that he is celebrating his own oh, demise. Yeah. Sure, yeah. And that always... That always stuck out to me. I always loved that song. Sure. Uh, just, and the way that that scene was acted and the rest of it is acted really well too. So like for me, mm-hmm. you know, I think a Christmas Carol is the penultimate Christmas movie. Sure, right? sure. Um, it's the one that's been remade the most by far. Right. You Muppets know, did it. Murray yeah. did it, you know. Which like, that's fine. Like if you like those, it's great. But like for me, this is it. That's it, yeah. This, this one is it. So uh, so for me, it's- You're, You love to tap dance. That's not, that, that musical coming out of you. <laughs> I've seen you play the bass. I see that foot tapping. Grooving, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So you know, so that's one of the things that we do here in America, at least, where uh, media is always at the ready. Is we like to celebrate by spending time with family, sure, and like watching movies and oh, music. People tend to get time off work. It's on right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, it starts. It started after our podcast on uh, on on. Uh, Halloween, like right. it was just like immediately always Christmas makes, music. Always makes me so mad too <clears throat> is that we skip Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. You know, I I like to think I'm not legalistic. Like I like to think I'm I'm pretty f- like full of grace and the spirit. But when it comes to like Christmas, I'm no joke. Like real legalistic, like yeah. super. <laughs> not even not even in like a spiritual way. Just in a like tradition. Like you don't play Christmas music until after Thanksgiving way. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, it's it's a sacrament. So it is. <laughs> so let's talk about what we're celebrating, though. Right. Right. So um, we're going to just do a quick Christmas drive through the story as it happened. Um, you know, if, if you're unfamiliar with this, look, you can get a Bible anywhere. Right. Read the beginning of, of just about any gospel. I think the Gospel of John doesn't cover it really. Um, yeah, and Mark Mark doesn't have it at all. Right. Yeah, so Mark Mark doesn't have it, but but Matthew and Luke especially, um, and John John kind of uh, does it in a roundabout way. But John starts with some real heavy theological philosophical yeah. word talk. That's so why yeah, I love John's the most. Yeah, but uh, so <laughs> so uh, he starts he starts literally at the beginning of Jesus, yeah. which is before he's here. You know, so yeah. (laughs) It starts at the beginning. Uh, So, uh, yeah, so you got Mary and Joseph. An angel appears to Mary, tells Mm -hmm. Mary, like, hey, you're going to have this baby. Um, You know, she's a virgin. And they tell Joseph not to be concerned about it. You know, like, hey, it's going to be cool. Right. uh, So they. You can literally die if they find out, but it's cool. Don't worry. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're fine. Um, So, you know, so they're still going to get married uh, or do get married, uh, but she's already pregnant at this point. Right. And um, and then a Roman census happens, right? And so the Roman census, this is interesting. Like, we get so caught up with census. Like, a census today is such a hassle because I got to mail something into the government. Right. They're like, you got to pick up your belongings and travel back to your hometown. Yeah, the place of your, not your family's birth. Like, you got to yeah. go all the way back to your home. Yeah. Right, exactly. So they have to go to Bethlehem. And that's where Jesus is born. And of course, we we hear the stories. There's no room in the end. He's, right. You know, laid to rest. He's laid not to rest. He's <laughs> laid in a major. Uh, you know, which is hey, 
total tie laid to rest. Some people say that the manger was kind of like a stone, oh, st- like a stone structure, like a yeah, like, like a almost cave. like a cave. Yeah. yeah. So in some whoa, what a tie if that would be. Hmm, dang. Ooh. All right. So yeah, just a little. That's on our conspiracy pod, pod podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right uh uh so then uh angels visit some shepherds and tell them hey the messiah is being born so mm-hmm. there's this great host that like is singing the praises of god so the right. shepherds come and they visit and this is kind of around that time of the birth right now after 40 days mary has to travel to the temple in jerusalem so a lot of traveling here right um and she has to go there for purification per the law so there they sacrifice two doves which also shows that these were not a wealth this was not a wealthy family right so 100% so this is a poor family that has to do quite a bit of traveling um that Jesus was born into and while while they're there in Jerusalem uh Simeon it gets the whole Jesus and prophesies about the holy spirit right uh, Anna, the prophetess, also sees him during this time. And then they return to Bethlehem where they stay for a while. And this could be up to two years. Right. Um, so while they're there in Bethlehem, this is when the Magi come and they arrive. Right, so, later. They're not there on the night. They're not there on the they night. They see the star on the night, and that's what creates it. Yeah. Practically, they how could they have been? Right. They they see the star. Right. And they follow the star. Right. But if the star was from that night, like... They, uh, that's the first time they yeah. see it, right? They're, tri- they're this is a cross country trip, a hundred percent, yeah. Um, so they've got a ways to go. So they get there, um, and they find Herod, and they tell Herod why they're there, and, and then they realize, oh, Herod's not to be trusted, right? Um, and so they find Jesus, and Herod wants them to come to him on their way back, right? And say, tell me where you found him, right? And they're like, oh, that's a bad idea. So they just they just leave. <laughs> they just leave, yeah. <laughs> And then, the because, yeah, because of this, Herod uh, then commands the death of all children under two in Bethlehem. Right. Right. So, and, you know, and Jesus obviously escapes that. So, yep. uh, so this was, you know, there was quite a bit of time that could have passed since the birth of Christ. Um, and so Joseph is warned by an angel that this is going to happen. Right. And they flee to Egypt. Egypt, yep. Yeah, so they end up spending some time in Egypt. And then after the death of Herod, uh, they return to Nazareth, which was their original hometown, which fulfills the prophecy that Jesus would be called a Nazarene. Nazarene, right. Right. So uh, that's kind of the story as it happens. Then from there, Jesus grows up. Right. You know, and he becomes who he... Becomes, becomes Jesus. And... Right. Like, I guess he always was Jesus. <laughs> right. Well, that's John's point. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the beginning, yeah. he was the Word, and he was with God. Right. So so that's the story in a nutshell. Any important right. parts that I left out or anything that really... No, I think you did a good job. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole story. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty much it. Okay, we can wrap yeah. it up. That's cool. That's, there's there's a Christmas podcast there you for you guys. That's, that's right. That's Christmas. <laughs> All right. Uh, so one of the last things they said, though, is that there was a prophecy that said that Jesus would be called a Nazarene. Right. That the Messiah would be called a Nazarene. Right. So there are several, uh, more than several, really, but I've only got a handful here to to read from, of prophecies from the Old Testament. Sure. Now, what's interesting about this, we've talked about this before on the show, is people think of the Bible as a singular book. Right. That, like, one person sat down and wrote from beginning to end. Right. But that's not what happened. No, not at all. It's a collection of books and stories and writings that occurred over thousands of years. Oh, for sure. Right? So these prophecies all occurred somewhere, uh, you were giving me this number earlier, it was like somewhere like five to six hundred years at minimum. Yeah. Before the birth of Jesus, yeah. When you're, if you look, if you look at like Isaiah and Jeremiah and places like that, it's at least like 500 years. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so these these things were well before Jesus was born. Oh, for sure. And and the people of Israel knew these prophecies. That's what that. This is their. This is today for 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 you know Jews who still do not believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Like that's there's this is their this is the whole life. I mean, this is the, after being. <laughs> Basically, up until the point of like David and Solomon, because that's where things are good for Israel. And yeah. once it goes really downhill from there, this is all that Israel's been hoping for 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 Salvation. centuries. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. So this every every good Jewish man and woman knows these prophecies, right? All right. So uh, Isaiah seven fourteen mm-hmm. through sixteen. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, mm-hmm. and she will name him Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. He will eat curds and honey at the time he knows enough to, uh, at that time, 
excuse me, he will eat curds and honey at the time he knows enough to refuse evil and choose good. Mm -hmm. For before the body knows enough to refuse evil and choose good, the land whose two kings you dread will be abandoned. Right. So there's a little bit of political understanding to what kind of is happening there. Um, But like, this is a prophecy that was fulfilled. Right. Right. Or that's the claim. Right. Is that this is what happened. Um, Micah 5.2 says, but as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you, one will come forth to me to be ruler in Israel. Mm-hmm. His times of coming forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Right. So kind of calling on the things that John spoke about like right. before anything. And even Jesus is that before Abraham, I, I am. Right, yeah. You know, so... Uh, but they mentioned Bethlehem specifically here, and here's something interesting. There's two Bethlehems. Right. And this calls out a specific Bethlehem, Bethlehem. which, which right. is the Bethlehem where Jesus was. Right, and the smaller of them, Bethlehems. The smaller. The, the lesser important, which... It's like Paris, Texas. Right. <laughs> exactly, yeah, from Paris, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Texas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Psalm 72, 9 through 10. May the nomads of the desert bow before him, and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of the islands bring gifts. May the kings of Sheba and Seba offer tributes. So again, these, this is kind of a reference to the wise men. Yeah. You know? Not only that, I so I did a sermon on this, I don't even, a long time ago, one of, one of the admins. We were talking about prophecies, and this is one that's really interesting, because what are given, the gifts that are given are real specific, I mean, gold is from anywhere, but it has to be from somewhere rich. And so Tarshish is actually a well-known place from this, the story, obviously, of Jonah. Jonah yeah. You know, And part of the reason why he's fleeing to Tarshish is because of their extreme wealth and the things that each of the Magi brings kind of coincides with these ideas of island, like, tropical like you know like they're they're not like inland they're on the coastlines there and they're wealthy so um it's really interesting that those would be the gifts it wasn't just like hey we brought pokemon cards you know what i mean like they they, they brought specific things you know this is a, a gold plated charizard <laughs> right oh man jesus would get, get a good good dollar return on that one yeah what'd you get in your stocking jesus <laughs> yeah. Grand Pikachu. yeah which is which is really interesting too right because think about that like you said earlier Jesus's family was not wealthy. No. By no means. I mean, as far as we know, we do know his dad was a carpenter, like his earthly father was a carpenter. So, and he learned that trade from him. And what we kind of gather from Jesus's ministry is he wasn't the kind of carpenter that had a shop that people, like he was the kind of carpenter that made things to sell because he had to make ends meet. Right. You know what I mean? So um, he was the kind of carpenter that worked on job sites. <laughs> you know, he wasn't he wasn't like the, um, you know, the the key toy maker at uh, what's what is that? What is the Rudolph? You know what I mean? The guy he's oh, he, yeah, yeah the, 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 the guy who's always mad at the, the dentist, the one that. Yeah, he wasn't. <laughs> Jesus wasn't that guy, you know. Right. Um, so. So, yeah. So I think it's also important to note that the things that come from Tarshish and the things that he get gets are only gifts worthy of a king by the way yes so well and that's the thing like they they why would they travel if this person wasn't incredibly important super important so, right all right uh second samuel 7 12 through 13 says when your days are finished and you lie down with your fathers i will raise up your descendant after you who will come from you and i will establish his kingdom mm-hmm. he shall build a house for my name and will establish the throne of his kingdom forever now this is a uh, this is a uh, prophecy about jesus's lineage right right and we see that i think it's matthew does the lineage right, right? all the way yeah mm-hmm. and so what we see is that jesus fulfills this as well that he is right. from the line of david david yep and then jeremiah 23 5 through 6 says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. Mm-hmm. I love that branch is capitalized. Yeah. And he will reign as king and act wisely and do justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live securely. Mm-hmm. And this is his name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. Um, so this is, again, this is there's a lot here about what Jesus does and will do. But again, it's, it's uh, indicating that he comes from the line of David. Right. Yeah. Right. And the, and it talks a lot of um 
it's not in this passage, but there's a there's talk of like the stump of Jesse. So like yeah. so like they get specifically to say because you know David has kids, um, Solomon has lots of kids, yeah, and then, and then things get more chaotic from there, you know. And so um, they they bring it back in to say this is the branch that it comes out of, um, which is you know again for people who don't understand like Jesus is a big deal because he he's not just a dude he there's so many specifics that go into him you know what i mean like right. the into just his birth let alone all the other stuff he does you know right. so yeah yeah this is a thing that people miss it's like oh it's a good story but but there are some things here that are like record keeping and by verifiable things that we understand about his lineage oh 100% you know i like to think of it in terms of star wars you know, sure. If Anna, think of anything, <laughs> I mean, obviously, obviously, Anakin Skywalker, same thing, virgin birth, right? I mean, sorry, right. I just watched these. That's why this is fresh in my mind. Uh, that's so wild. When they you, I know, right? But that's that. You, you know what they're totally playing on, right? He's the and he is. He's the balancer of the force. Anakin is like, you know, he's going to bring balance to the force. He's the savior. Blah 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 blah. Like, okay, hey, that's cool. He he fulfilled one prophecy. The thing is, Jesus had hundreds of prophecies he fulfilled. Right. And I think in, in 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 his birth alone, I can't remember the exact thing, but it's it's in like the twenty to thirty range, maybe even higher. So it's not like oh he did one thing, like oh he was born of a virgin. No, he's born of a virgin from this line in this town at this time. You know, like there's just a million things. So does that make um, Ray mm -hmm. from the from the the new versions? The new yeah, yeah, sequels. yeah. Does that make her like the Gentiles? Because she gets grafted into the vine of Skywalker. Well, a hundred percent, and she what is she she's supposedly going to bring the balance to the Force, right? Right, right. So yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. See, you can always think Star Wars and theology at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so those are some of the prophecies. That's some of the stuff that again, it's there. It's very right. Um But even with that, even knowing that there's these prophecies that are several hundred years old, right? And then we look at these, uh, you know these claims of who Jesus was. Right. And like, let's be, let's be frank. These claims of Jesus are pretty close to his birth. Right. 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 Like we're talking like some of these manuscripts are within, within 60 to a hundred years. Sure. Of his birth. Sure. Right? Sure. Sure. Um, and, and so there's early claims of all of these things. Right. Okay. However, there are some people in right. the world um, I saw, saw somebody say this the other night. These are the type of people that get their theology from the History Channel at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. That would tell you that Christmas is an adoption or a takeover of pagan traditions. 100%, yep. Yeah. Now, we talked a little bit about this with Easter. Yeah. We talked a little bit about this with um, Halloween. Halloween, right. You know, and, uh, and honestly, I'm... I'm as we're doing this, I'm working through Second Peter with uh, with Tommy, right? And like Second Peter talks about people who are like this, right? Which is really amazing, uh, you know. But like people want to give you a reason to say, well, this isn't right, you know. But if you do the research, if you do your own scholarship, and 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 I don't mean like do your like not in the whole like oh, I'm going to do my own medical research, right, 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 kind of thing, right, you know. Um, and like, even that though, like, don't dismiss people who are just trying to better themselves. Sure. Sure. Um, but if you, if you find the right, if you find the sources, you'll see that historically there's no evidence mm -mm. that Christmas is borrowed from something else. Mm -mm. There's no evidence. I mean, Constantine obviously created it, but, um, but we don't talk about Constantine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, it, I, I, I joke because I do think, th here's the thing, if you can discredit Jesus's birth as being divine, you begin to discredit the nature of Jesus, right? Right. It's the same way of if you discredit the resurrection, you now discredit everything that's happened after the resurrection. Right, but you, but you kind of have to ignore all these prophetic things that we just talked about. You, 100% you have to. Yeah. Uh -huh. Right, and you have to act, and you have to act like, those are non-consequential. You know what I mean? Like, like that's, this is, this is part of the problem that I think that the Jewish folks have today who still, who still don't accept Jesus as the Messiah is they see all of this overwhelming evidence. Well, most of the time I find they don't even know it. Like they know the, don't get me wrong. They know the scriptures, but they don't even know Jesus. Like they don't right. know that Jesus, Oh really? Jesus was born in this town at this time. Like they, it's almost like they never read the new Testament, which makes, makes sense. Cause they stick in the old, you know? And so, um, but for the Christian 
who recognizes these things. This is always, Christmas has always been a very important yes. part, especially because Christmas, especially in the early church, um, is about life. I mean, so is so is Easter, but in life in the early church, if you look at early church art, really focused on this idea of birth and rebirth. And so, you know, the only reason why I think people get to that point, like you said, of like, oh, well, this is, you know, Constantine, or they don't say that, but they say it's pagan, uh-huh. is partly because birthdays aren't like, when we, we're talking in a 21st century term, like, right, right, right. you know what I mean? Like birthdays, back then you you didn't get presents and, you, you know, there were no cakes. Like, you know, so. <laughs> right, but that's where these traditions came from it's because his birth was so important someone was like holy cow we need to write this down right you know know what i mean like that's so that's the argument is oh it's pagan it's pagan because no like you're you're operating through a 21st century lens of something that happened literally at zero (laughs) you you know you know what i mean like year zero yeah well um and here's the thing i think people who don't believe in christ people who don't believe in god people who um don't want it to be true and, right. and aren't willing to look at it objectively, they can easily take a look at that and say, oh, yeah, this sounds this sounds credible, so I'm, I'm going to believe that. Sure. The mistake, though, that I think we want to avoid as Christians is giving in to that. A hundred percent. Because now, you know, it's very, it is very um, trendy right. for Christians, especially in this day and age where everybody who can afford two microphones and a YouTube subscription... right. Starts a podcast and talks about this. One hundred percent. Yeah, sure. Um, so you'll see people all over the place who are Christians or just Christians, very concerned Christians that need you to hear what they have to say about it. Who right. sit in their car and take a video of themselves on their phone and then put it up on TikTok. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, the best medium there is, obviously, uh, is, is your steering wheel. <laughs> yes, your steering wheel. Uh, so they'll do that and they'll they'll talk about like how as Christians we need to be set apart, right? Not take part in these pagan practices of things like putting up a Christmas tree sure. and doing, you know, sure. decorations and all that kind of stuff. Right. But in reality, none of that stuff is calling back to pagan practices. Some some of it actually, if you do the work in the history, you find that like they were like, for, like I know we're, we're going to talk about some of this, but like if you, the Christmas tree is pagan, it's pagan. That's what you always hear in Roman and, and blah, blah, blah. Well, actually the Holy Roman empire is where Christmas trees kind of begin to come from, um, which was basically Germanic, right? That's who the Holy Roman Empire is before, you know, so do your history. Um, oh, by the way, they were overwhelmingly Christian. You, you know what I mean? Like this is, this right. wasn't a pay, this, this wasn't like, oh, the, um, what are the, what are the, the Brits? What is their, uh, what is the, what is their, the, the Druids? This isn't like some Druid principle right. where people are dancing around a pole. Like, no, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into this. You know? Right. Like exactly. That. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, here, here's the interesting thing. Like, so where a lot of historians are saying for Christmas tree, so they, they're not super positive on exactly where it came from. Sure. Which again is a, they, there is no evidence that comes from any pagan tradition, but um, like the first depiction is from 1576 mm-hmm. in a place called Alsace, France, mm-hmm. France, mm-hmm. where <laughs> France, where there was a, <laughs> sorry, I didn't know you were so fancy. <laughs> and there was a sculpture of one that somebody had on her, on their private home. Mm-hmm. But there was also the first mention was in 1561. Again, it goes back to um, Alsace. And it was a city ordinance mm. about the height of your Christmas tree. Hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. like, that's the first, um, Kind of the and it was like it couldn't be more than eight shoes high, uh, so I guess eight feet uh, high. Um, so some people also attribute it to Martin Luther or right. Boniface mm-hmm. uh, or Boniface. Could have even you were yeah. you were so fancy today, bro. Got to hit every demographic, right? Uh, here's one that I had never heard of too. But have you ever heard of a paradise tree? Yeah. So like the paradise tree was a so mm-hmm. they had a paradise play. Yep. And the paradise tree was supposed to represent the gar- the tree in the garden. Garden, I mean, yeah. Right? And they would use these in these, basically, these plays about... A hundred percent. God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was a cr- Christian tradition. And right. they would hang... There would be apples hung on them. Yep. Which were, the f- like, the first... Ornaments. Ornaments. A hundred percent. And they always did these on the 24th of December. Yep. And what kind of... And this was in England. Right. And what kind of tree could you get in the winter? Right. It's an evergreen. It's an evergreen. Right. Right? So... <laughs> Uh, so like this could be a, 
a part of that evolution of the modern Christmas tree yep. came through a passion play. Yeah. Essentially. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. 100%. I mean, like, I've always heard and been taught, like, like I said, like, like you said, like, you, it goes back to, like, that time of Luther. So, like, that's where we're looking at. So, um, and, and it's associated with, like you said, a passion play of, of paradise, where, like I said, this is the life theme that comes about and birth and new birth. Uh, it, Advent wreaths are, I've heard the early, um, manifestation of a Christmas tree, right? It was just, it was branches bent together into a wreath with light, you know, put the candles on it. We light the candles again, the idea is to, you know, so, so yeah, like I think you, you say it like, uh, is it, what is it? Causation isn't correlation cor- isn't causation. There you go. Yeah. And I, I think that, that no, nowhere do we, and this is important for people to understand, nowhere is there ever anything documented in writing from any of the church authors, church, you know, anti-Nicene fathers, fathers of, you know, Luther, any of them that specifically say, hey, here's a tradition that I think we should, you know, arg- arguing for why we should start Christmas well, trees. Those writings are in the basement of the Vatican. Right. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but you see what I'm saying? Like, there's no, like... But that's but I say that in jest. But sure, like, this is the level of um, conspiracy theorist you have to be a hundred percent to to believe some of these things. A hundred percent. And if you're not that type of conspiracy theorist, but you believe those things, it's because you're kind of being lazy in your scholarship. A hundred percent for sure. Um, so do you know why uh, December twenty fifth is the date? I have some. I would like to hear your reasoning. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, have you heard the conversation about like the the typical belief that a prophet mm-hmm. dies? on the date of his conception. Oh. Have you ever heard that? No, I've never. That's interesting. So this was like, this was just kind of a um, a, wi- a widely held belief, right? Really? Sure. Okay. Now, here's the truth about Jesus. We know exactly when he died. Right. Right? We've got everything lined up. Yeah. We know on the calendar yeah. when this would have happened. <laughs> it literally tells us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, you know, what's nine months from Easter? Right. Christmas. It's Christmas. Right. So th- they use that tradition to determine well, that's December, really to determine December twenty fifth. Well, so so that's I've never and that's a really interesting I've never actually heard that. So one of the things that I've always heard is if you if you go back and you look at um the account where um Elizabeth is told that she will conceive John. Okay. Um you can actually look through so so Elizabeth um oh gosh what is her what's her husband what's her husband's name um the guy who couldn't speak zach zachariah is it zachariah Zach zachariah or is it it's not zacchaeus no he's in the tree uh he's not the christmas tree let me hold on let me let me pull it uh somebody all right elizabeth's husband is he is a temple priest yeah and so we we actually have there's somewhere in, in scripture, and I wish I would have pulled this up, but there's somewhere in scripture that actually tells us when he served in the temple, meaning these are the times that, that he was in for holy festivals, ah. and these were the times that he was home from the holy, because although you served in the temple, the temple was in Jerusalem, right? Elizabeth doesn't live in Jerusalem. The, the priests have to travel. you know. Yeah. So so I've, I've actually heard that you can get really close within weeks, quote unquote, of of Jesus's actual birth date based on the fact that we know that Mary conceives in this time, Elizabeth conceives at this time, John is this many months older than Jesus, meaning yeah, put the, line them up. Line them up. If yeah. you can find so, but that's I think that's a really interesting and that's another another correlation because here's here's two events now. So if you use if you want to go the Elizabeth way, okay? There's one scientific way of discovering and then if you go the theological kind of hey prophets die on there which is not theological it's more of a it like really a, is more of a superstition but it's one that we know that was held but then there's a commonality between the two right so it's not just because because i think that there's a lot of people who want to say oh june or whatever is when jesus is really truly born um but even even i i did research um when i did a sermon on this the fact that shepherds were in the flock at night yeah. Out in the field is a very so so th- and I could I can get, really get into this if we really need to, but I don't think we need to. But but the fact that shepherds were out at night in their flock in the open fields, yeah, the the standard was to bring your flock in every night and to, to literally pen them, like to bring them back home. But in the months of December and in the months like the winter months, you would leave them out because you had to go further out 
to get your to 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 pasture because right. it's so so yeah so there's a lot of there's a lot but the the pagans just kind of throw well this is obviously this is the winter solstice and so well the the big one so the big claim so we've just explained a number of uh, traditions and sure. understandings that we could take to say this is why it was determined sure it, it's been a long standing tradition that it was December and December twenty fifth specific sure um, the one that they always go back to is Yule right right so, yeah yeah so they'll say that Yule is um, you know, really, we adopted and tried to take over Yule. Now, what's right. interesting about that is um, Yule didn't have a date. Right. Yule moved based on lunar cycles. Mm -hmm. And this was explained to us by Pl uh, Pliny the Younger and St. Bede. Mm -hmm. There was no set date for Yule. Right. Right. Um, now, if you read a book called The History of the Kings of Norway, because this is kind of where Yule was, right. you have King Hakon and King... King Hakon is a confirmed Christian. Right. And he makes a decree. We are going to move Yule mm -hmm. to always uh, be coincided with Christmas, which was already existing. Existing, right. So Christmas wasn't like put there to take over Yule. They actually said, we're going to move, move Yule, Yule. <laughs> to coincide with the right. pre-existing right. Concept of just like with Easter, it's Christmas is not a sabotaging of secular culture, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of other things here that like um, that we could get into. There's a lot of different things that we could um, break down. Things like uh, you know, okay, Santa Claus is one that right. Christians will tell you you can't, you oh, because he's based on a pagan deity, right? That's not true. No. Um, so Santa Claus is not based on Odin. Mm -hmm. uh, there are no sources that say he's, he's stolen. He's based on Saint Nicholas, right? Uh, which this is the Dutch name. Mm -hmm. uh, Santa Claus is the Dutch name, St. Nicholas. Right. Um, and so the feast day of St. Nicholas was originally on the 6th. Mm -hmm. And this would be, so December 6th, they would have the feast day of, of the 6th. Uh, Dutch immigrants in New York brought this tradition with them. Right. Right. So they would be there. Right. And it was, uh, and, and it was because of that, Santa Claus was later reimagined as a modern Dutchman. Right. And that's why he looks the way he does. Right. Right. Um, and he evolved from a Catholic saint, but it was later that um, a, it was like a radio host, or uh, let me see if I've, I've got this here. Uh, it was later that um, somebody turned around and said, oh, you know what I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to uh, make him look like mm -hmm. this existing deity. Right. But this is after he already exists. Oh, he's, and not only that, if you look in like Catholicism and you do your research on who St. Nicholas was, he was like a patron saint of like orphans. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so like children and gift and there, there's, there are, you know, like the saint stories, like there's a saint story about St. Nicholas that, and this is what we've always taught our kids is like St. Nick is, is Santa is St. Nicholas. Like, like yeah. we, we celebrate not him. But what he would do is he is, and again, this is a, this is the the um, the ethos, the myth, if you want to say. But like Saint Nicholas was like, no child should like Christmas is a happy time, and like right. so he focused on giving to kids Give gifts and kids. things, like, and and that's why mm -hmm. Saint Nicholas Day went away, mm -hmm. and they moved it to coincide again with the birth of Christ, Christ celebration, right. because the birth of Christ celebration didn't really have that, and so what, and that's why he was doing it was right. he was doing it because of the birth of Christ, right, right. Um, so what these people in New York, what they determined was mm -hmm. like, hey, what, well, this needs to be more of a family affair, right? Because it's really become like kind of a drunken party thing, <laughs> right, 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 and that's right. not the spirit of Christ, <laughs> right, right. So they moved the tradition of what they did on St. Nicholas Day, and they moved that to coincide with Christmas. Christmas, right. Which is why you give your kids gifts. Right. And like that, uh, so again, we can track every single tradition that we've done. Sure, 100%. To something or pretty close to something. Sure. But there is no evidence that any of those things came from pagan right. um, things. So like, here's the deal. Uh, we should not take on pagan practices. No. I mean, the Bible tells us it's a bad idea. We know it's a bad thing. We shouldn't right. do that. But like we talked about this in the Halloween episode and we talked about it in the Easter episode. Mm -hmm. That's not what, that's not what is happening with this. Right. And it's also like, you can't, um, I heard somebody talk about this too. You can't accidentally worship a pagan God. <laughs> right, 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 you know right. I mean? For like, sure. Like to understand, if you understand what worship is, right. You know, um, but you, you can't accidentally Right. Worship somebody else. Right. Right. So like there's really not a there's really not a 
way to even say that this is what you're doing is worshiping something other than God. Well, in order to, I think there's a, like, we kind of touched a little bit on, on Halloween. And so we can kind of touch on it a little bit here with the idea of like demonic. Okay. Like if these practices are pagan and demonic, right. Inviting ill spirits or whatever it may be. Um, like, don't you have to intentionally invite the spirit? You really do. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so like, I mean, like, here's a good example of a Christmas one that Christians don't really do. Like, uh, what is his name? Like, Krampus? Krampus? Krampus. You know, you know what I mean? Like, he is a uniquely, I would say, pagan. It's it's a it's a I don't know Germanic or well, Norse yeah. myth of like stealing children. You know, like well, I've got I got some notes. He's a minor Christmas character from parts of Europe. He was depicted as a furry goat-like creature. He originates in Austria and Bavaria. Yeah, um, and some of these he wasn't even really Christmassy. He was actually kind of depicted. He was his depiction is based on like an earlier depiction of Satan, right? And he was a child terror figure. So think of uh, it meant to be the opposite of Santa. So think of like Grimm's fairy tales, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right? The idea was to give some kids something to be afraid of, right? To make them scared to do the wrong thing, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And so, but again, like that, I don't know too many and Christians, a, and, and that's a folk tradition exactly not a pagan tale sure sure yeah like they never believed he was real (laughs) right and they didn't worship him right a hundred percent right it was a it was a bogeyman story right 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 yeah a hundred percent yeah so that's the thing so i mean if we want to apply that same uh deal then we have to really investigate what we do in christianity like pagans had temples right so can we have a church right you know um you know, fake, pagans had festivals and calendar events. Right. So we can't, can we have none of those things? Right. Literally the whole calendar <laughs> is based on Christian events. Right. Like Western world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the cross was a pagan torture device. Right. So can we not hang that up in the church? Right. You know, and, and this is really a great thing is, is I think the cross is really a, the best example of this, of what God does. Mm-hmm. He takes everything and it bows to him. Sure. A hundred percent. So here is this device meant for torture and execution mm-hmm. invented by pagans. Right. And used on Jesus for proclaiming that he is the king. King. Right. As opposed to Caesar. Right. And it is now the symbol for his divinity. A hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like talk about like God's divine humor. <laughs> right. You have a, you have a, you just it's funny in a roundabout way you just created more reason to throw out the cross from the church yeah. than, than you did anything else. You know what I mean? Like so I mean are you willing to do that? You know? Right. Like are you willing to get rid of the cross. Right. Because that's kind of what we're saying. Well every time you put a cross up there and you kneel before it and right. pray, right. you're are you worshiping the sure. Torture device. Sure. You're not because sure. what is your in your heart? Heart. A hundred percent. What are you, you're worshiping? What God did on that. A hundred percent. Right. And how He overcame that cross. Right. 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 That's why it's become such a powerful symbol. Well, that's for us. and if you tie it into Christmas, right? That's that's the anti-Christmas is materialism. It's you know it's the hustle and the bustle of the season, right? That's that's what every pastor preaches on every year, right? Christmas yeah. is not that. You know that's the quote unquote pagan. You know, like giving gifts to your kids. That's not pagan. You know, like we we, we just said, well, that kind of originates out of and and Jesus said, you being good parents, you would give good gifts. You wouldn't give your you would, kids bad gifts. Yeah, right. Giving gifts to your kids is a good thing. It's a good thing, right? So it's it's when we overemphasize the wrong parts of Christmas, right? Yes. You know, and that's that goes back to kind of like that idea of a Christmas movie. What's your favorite Christmas? Like, like if Christmas becomes this, then we're talking about this right now, actually, like if Christmas becomes the season and not the savior, you've missed it, you know? And that's, but that's because it's always been not about the season. That's the pagan side, right? The season it it's about the savior and Christmas has always been about Jesus. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I think that really gets us to this last point I have on here. Which is, why do we celebrate Christmas? We just kind of explained that. Sure. You know, we celebrate Christmas because it's a mile marker. It's a milestone in, not just in the Christian faith. Right. Because that that's to suggest that it's the Christian faith is just one way to do things. <laughs> like, the history of the universe, this is a milestone marker. Right. Right? Time literally changes. I mean, like, yeah. the way, and you can, you can... Hip, him and ha about it all you want, but like BC and AD, they used to mean, you know, they've changed it to BCE before the common era. You know, they've, yeah. they took the C and changed what it, it used to mean before Christ and then Adio Domini, which was after Christ, you know? And so, um, it, it, literally time change. I mean, and it's, yeah. and it's interesting, which I always, and this is what always confused me, especially even in like seminary and undergraduate school was like, 
time is based on his birth, not his death. So the cross changed. Don't get me wrong. The cross changes everything. But we literally said his birthday is going to change our time. That is year zero now. Like everything before was leading up to Jesus. Everything after Jesus's birth is leading up to his return. Yeah, I, I appreciated you know? it. I heard Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about that, where they changed BC and AD, and he was like, right. I still use them. Right. And he was like, you know, A, because I've, I've always used them. He goes, but B, we should, um, and I appreciated this coming from him, he said we should um, honor the um, wh- what the church and what people of faith have done for science. Sure. You know, like... He's like, yeah, that was their motivation for creating these calendars, but these calendars are good. Right, <laughs> right, 100%. <laughs> right. right, and I yeah. think that that's, that, but that just goes to show you how important that day really is, yeah. is that everything changes, we change our entire calendar, and it's really interesting, our entire calendar year arguably builds up to that moment, right, to December 25th, because then after it, you've got New Year, you know, and it starts, like, that is the pinnacle moment of even the year, is it leads up, every year leads up to Jesus' birth. Yeah, yeah, because that's the beginning of the change. That's right. the beginning of the end. It's yeah, um, yeah. So I think to something <laughs> that was a real brutal statement. <laughs> it's real metal. It's the beginning of the end. <laughs> All right. So, man, uh, there. Okay. So talking about brutal music, uh, there's a song called "Lower Still" by a band called My Epic. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever. I know. Heard I've never heard. No, no. And they they're kind of that. They're kind of on the harder sure core scene. But they 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 start with this concept of you know Jesus being born in the manger, right? And like basically being laid down where pigs would come eat, right? Right. And like everything that's around him, like he's in like the filthiest place, right? Right. And everything around him is kind of seemingly also unaware that he holds together the universe, right? Right. right. For sure. Yeah. And and if you if you know that that's what he is, that he is this penultimate, right? Um you would say this is not a fitting place for him. Right. This is not a place for a king. And and from there he does what? He goes on and and surrounds himself with tax collectors, right. fishermen, and thieves. The most deplorable. Right? Yes. And what does he do to them? Right. He washes their feet. Right. Right. And then they they take him and they force him to crawl through the street and they beat him. Right. And, and as they're recounting the life of Jesus, starting with that birth, right. they keep saying he has to go lower still mm-hmm. until he gets put in the ground. Right, sure. But the song ends with this lyric that the earth cannot contain him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yes. And he then goes, and he is now seated in the heavenlies at the right hand of the Father. Right. Um, and all heads now must bow Lower still, still, which brings it back right. to the to right, right. The, you know, so that because it's an art form, sure. Um, and like, so for me, that's the thing that I really that I, like that really resonates for me about when I think about Christmas, when I think about what Jesus did at Christmas time, that God mm-hmm. became man, right? And he didn't just he didn't become some debutante, some right, you know, political figure, right? He became a man in the poorest sense, right. In the most humbling sense. In the most humbling sense. Yes. The humility of God is astounding. And I think for sure. I think that that is such an important part of the Christmas celebration is to remember that while we were yet sinners, right. he did this. And I think too, like we if you juxtapose it with Easter, right? Right, right, right. Okay. So no greater love is this than a man lay his life down for his friends. Right, right. So we used to talk about this when I was younger, is like, would you die for Christ? Right, right. Would you right. be willing to die for Christ? Right. For me, that kind of became the Peter conversation. Right, sure. Of like... Do you love me? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like, Peter, like, and I've said this on the packet, Peter was ready to kill for Christ. He wasn't ready to die, die for Christ. Die for us, right, sure. Right. Um, I think that we shifted, especially in like an American sense, because there's no true... Uh, threat of death for us, right? Right. That we say, oh, we would die for Christ in a heartbeat, and you for know sure, I really believe that about myself. I believe that I would, I would have no problem dying for Christ tomorrow, right? Right. If somebody walked in here and they did the whole, you know, and like I used to hear, there's a lot of rhetoric. Right. Oh, right. Put a gun to your head too. Right, right. <laughs> oh yeah, I would, I would, yeah, I'd be a Christian. Yeah. yeah. And then they, you know, blow your head off. Yeah. Not a problem. Sure. You know. Um, can I live 30 years of righteousness? Right. That's what Jesus did. Right. He lived 30 years <laughs> of sinless, blameless life right. for you when you 
were still saying, God, I don't love you. Right, right. Right? Right. He was willing to do that. Yeah. I find it incredibly more challenging to live for Christ than to die for Christ. A hundred percent. And I think, but that's what the birth of Christ was about. For sure. He lived for you. For you, right. Right, and we get right. back to that tie-in of the agape love right. conversation. So for me, that's what I try to remember at Christmas is like, this is this is where this, the beginning of the instruction. Sure, sure. And now he reigns victorious right. over all things. Well, and it puts, it, this is also why Christmas is so important because I think it puts the entire life of Christ, which is our, our life that we're called to live into, into context, right? Because you just said juxtapose that. Like, let's just put it this way. Put yourself in the shoes of the two people that are looking for Jesus on the day of Jesus's birth, the, the shepherds and the, the magi, the, the, you know, the, the right. wise men. Okay. The shepherds are out in their flock. It's dark, you know, and I always think like this had to be the scariest thing in the whole wide world. You're, you're, you're on the flock. You're already vulnerable, right? Because we now know, like I just said, like, if you look at the December months, you're out in the field, you're vulnerable. It's night, there's sheep, you're a shepherd. It's a dangerous job. There's things out there that want to eat them. And we all know that those predators tend to do better at night than they do during the day. You know, so like, this is a vulnerable time. And then suddenly a magnitude, a whole host of heavenly angels. Like it doesn't they like, Gabriel appeared, you know, like right. Gabriel gets, he's a good looking guy. You know, that's what usually they, that we don't know that, but like, that's kind of the vibe is like, oh my gosh, it's Gabriel. And everybody's still in shock. Now imagine a magnitude, a whole magnitude of heavenly hosts appear. It's pitch black. And suddenly they say it's so bright that they're like, oh my gosh, I can't see. Okay. And they're told to go find this King, a baby that's born in a manger. And they're like, okay, well, that makes no sense. And then they go find the King, the savior of the world. Like you just said with in a pig trough for lack of a better word, mm -hmm. like that must've been confusing. Right, but right off the bat, Jesus is teaching us a lesson. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then the Magi who see the king star, that's why they go searching because they say a king has been born. And they're like, we need to go give gifts to because this is the king. And so they go to find this king. And then I imagine, like, granted, they're not in a stable at that. Well, not, we don't know where they're at, but we know they're probably, it's not that night. So we know they're probably back at home somewhere. So, but they go to the home of a humble carpenter, not a, not a, not a, huge castle like they, so they find the king of kings quote unquote this king who's going to change the world that they're searching for in a carpenter's home you know what i mean like yeah. how humbling is that like it's pretty humbling you know yeah i think too it's a statement of their faith because like <clears throat> have you ever done like a really complicated mathematical equation and been like i'm not sure about this answer no because i can't do math okay well oh. so this is how <laughs> yeah. this happened to me okay so we do, you do really and you're like i think this is the answer sure oh yeah yeah but because you know you did all of the steps correctly, right? Even if the answer looks wrong, you know it's the right, right. answer. You still have right. faith in it, right? And this is the faith of that is understanding, like when angels appear to them, right? And then they get there and they're like, "This isn't what I expected," right? But I know who sent me, a hundred percent, right? And the and the magi were like, "I this may not have been what I expected, mm -hmm. but I know the signs that I read, sure, right?" So sure, like that's. That's faith. Well, for sure, and we know they had faith, right? Because it says that the, it says that the shepherds went off praising, so they believed. It wasn't like, oh, whoops, oh, we don't believe him. And it's the magi obviously believed enough to to disregard Herod's request to come back. Yeah, you know, so so clearly these are these are two people who, even in spite of what they saw and, and their expectations, still believe. But I, I think that that's the testament of what Christmas is, right? And I think that that's. If you want to get like anti-Christmassy or whatever, you know what I mean, like worldly here, I think that that to me is where we sabotaged it or where the world sabotaged it, right, is yeah. is to make it, you know, it was so, Christmas was such a non-materialistic moment. Yeah. It, but it's and it literally is the, the moment that changed to zero. You know, everything in time surrounds this one moment in history. Um but yet we've turned that one moment into history into this huge marketing, you know, and I was, even, I was, I was, I was talking to Carly about this. I love Christmas music. Right. And I have my rules about Christmas music and things like that. And we were both talking about how, isn't it crazy? Like if you do the, if you go back and you look at all the Christmas music and all the music we sing and all of the things, very little Christmas music was written like jingle bells and all those things like mass produced actually comes around of Christmas after like world, like around world war two is when Christmas music really the way we understand it, like on the radio, you know, like last Christmas, obviously, you know, yeah. they, they were in the eighties, you know, so um, simply having a wonderful time, which has the worst timed keyboard in all of history. Um, you know, that's Paul McCartney. So, you know, so, but a lot of the Christmas music we sing is modern. Most of the Christmas music that, that we don't sing or, or that we sing hymn wise that, 
It's ancient. Ancient. You know what I mean? And so look at the shift, though, right? Like, what you hear on the radio is not Christmas. It's that shift to that materialism. Like, you go go watch a classic, any kind of new Christmas movie. Sure. There's a lot of them out there, maybe Jingle All the Way. Things like this. There's always there's always kind of this moral that they get back to of like the materialism isn't what it's about. Right. Not to get too philosophical or sure. deep into apologetics here. Right. Atheists are materialists. For sure. The further you get away and and maybe not like in the sense that I'm talking about, but it's right. the only the material matters. 100%. Because it's the only thing that you can feel touch and prove, right? Right. The further you get away from God, the only thing you have mm-hmm. are are the material is the materialistic, right? You know, and that's why the further Christmas gets away from God, mm-hmm. and every time you know Starbucks takes Jesus off their cups, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No? Right, 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 like, right, right, sure. Like, that's but this is why Christians have an uproar about this, right? Because they understand what's happening. The, the more you take the Christ out of Christmas, right, right. You know, uh, the more it becomes about consumerism and materialism, right? But that's not what it's about for us, right? But and, and this is where I think we as Christians have to kind of cool it, like, yes. and and I, and I and I mean this in in a, in a loving way, like, you're not going to rob me of Jesus. Yeah, it doesn't matter if Starbucks does that. No, no, great. Yeah, you know, we, should they know? It doesn't matter what I see on TV or what move. Like, you're not going to as long as I personally keep in perspective and I and I continue to proclaim that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, and and so, but but I but I think like you you, you kind of talked about it just just like a, a hair earlier there is like the further away we get from christ and christmas the more it becomes materialistic that's that is the atheism is gnosticism it's yeah. just a new gnosticism and gnosticism because gnosticism was all about the material right the material they said not materialism is bad like and by like material like your body is bad because gnosticism was all about wisdom well, it's right. kind of, it's kind of, it's the same, but it's the opposite. At the same e- time. Exactly it's right. A, it, but it's the only thing you, for the new atheist agnostic, right. it's the material is all you have. have. So exactly. it has to be the only good. It's the, exactly right. It's, right. it's, it's Gnosticism flipped backwards. Like yeah. where the, the wisdom, the, the secret knowledge is now that there is no God. Yeah. So the material is, is all we have and it's the temporary, you know? And so, um, and that, and I, and I think that notice with every religious celebration that we talked about so far. And I mean, even Halloween, right? We can even go to Halloween and say it was sort of a religious All Saints Day. You know, Halloween is the day before All Saints Day. You know, all of those things, Easter, obviously, aliens obviously created Easter. So, um, but, you know, all of those things, if you look at what the world does, is the world tries to separate and discredit the the one thing that, that truly matters, which is Jesus, which no material. What's they all say? It's all about material. Easter's all about material. Halloween's all about material. Christmas is all about material. But no, it's all about a Messiah. You know, like and, and I think that that's that's why that's why you know there are because there are some Christian faiths who don't celebrate Christmas. And I know that sounds weird, but it's because they they so attribute the material yeah. to this moment. You know, but that it's it's the Messiah. Yeah, and I think to your point, we as Christians can cool it on some of those outrage. Some of that outrage we have, sure, but we should still understand it. We should still have. Well, we still have to proclaim it. And we, yeah, we have to proclaim who Christ is, so we can understand what happens when Christ gets taken out of it, right? But we don't need to lead a revolution about, <laughs> about making people who don't believe in Christ say Christ necessarily. Do you there, know what I mean? There's there's a rapper that uh, Christian rapper, you know, and they're they're getting better. Um, and I, he's he's kind of whatever. I but I heard him say the other day. Um, well, could be a rapper myself here. I heard him say the other day, you can, yeah, we need to keep Christ and Christmas, but can they see Christ in the Christian? And I think that that's the moral, right? Like, yeah, I'm all for keeping Christ and Christmas. Don't come here. Like if you take Christ out, you just got moss, you know, like you just got more. That's it. There's the what, you know, so you you know, you need to keep Christ in Christmas, but we as Christians have to remember that we have to keep Christ in ourselves. Like, like th- this, and I, and, and this is what we've been talking about here at church for this Advent season is like, if, if, if you don't, if, if it's not about the savior and you don't have the savior and it's in your folk and you're not focused on the savior, you're missing it like that. Cause that's what this, it's not the season. It's not the songs. It's not the music. Like we are celebrating the birth of a game changer. Yeah, you know, for not just this life, but all life, eternity. You know, yeah. Um, and that's why we celebrate it, right? Because 
if you had something, you just go back to the what you just said about like you know if you had a, a gift and you're a parent, like you give good gifts. You wouldn't you wouldn't give when they ask for food, you wouldn't give them a rock, right? That's what it right. says. Like yeah. you know, and what is the other one? Like when you something, you wouldn't give them a snake. Like it's some right. I can't remember the, the but yeah. the first ones. If you ask for bread, you wouldn't give them rock. Like that's you would celebrate the good, and that's what we like. The we are celebrating the single best thing. Yeah. Aside from the resurrection right you know like and that's that's what i always go back and forth with christians is right you know those are the two pinnacles yeah absolutely so as as you at home if you're listening or watching this on youtube uh as you sit down with your family right to um celebrate christmas celebrate the holidays take some time to remember what this is about sure uh, share it with your family you know mm-hmm. i used to i used to struggle with that it always felt so cheesy or corny but sure but that was because something was wrong with my heart. Sure, you sure, know? sure. Um, but so take some time to remember Christ, remember what he did, remember how he humbled himself, mm-hmm. and and take a moment to worship him. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Now, we talked a little bit about the people who visited Jesus. You know who the holiest person was that visited Jesus? Mm. The little drummer. <laughs> Dude, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Because <laughs> the only gift he could bring was the beats. The only gift he could bring was the beats. <laughs> Not by Dre. So first you have to have the setting, right? Right. You have to have the Christmas setting. So that in that sense, Die Hard and, and Home Alone are on the same, because you're in the Christmas season for that. Right. Um, but the second part is there needs to be a focus on the importance of that season or the feelings of that season. Right, season. right, right. Now, it's really hard. Like, you can see it pretty clearly in Home Alone. Right, right. right. So, okay, family, camaraderie, celebrating Christmas. Right. He, he goes to the church and has that talk with the old man. He decorates. I mean, yeah, yeah. There's it's it's way more Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of Christmas elements to it. Now, you could say, though, that John McClane mm-hmm. came, L- <laughs> came to L.A., <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, and to... Uh, for a Christmas party. I mean, they were having a Christmas party. For yeah. a Christmas party. Right. Uh, where people were doing non-Christmas related things <laughs> but uh, he did it because he loved his wife right and he was trying to reconcile with his wife right right so uh, so you could say that he understood the spirit of Christmas in a sense of murder f- yes yeah and from the, he was willing to kill everyone in that <laughs> power for his wife uh, I mean well say but I think I think you have to be willing to accept the argument that that Die Hard is a Christmas movie based on the premise that that Home Alone is a Christmas movie. Right? Because because so like how? I, well, so I think I think you nail a couple of things. Setting is important. Mm-hmm. So so what so I think like I said because Die Hard begins with the whole Christmas movie vibe, like it's a Christmas party that immediately, you know, Gets taken over by terrorists, and you know, is that Hans Gruber? Is that the guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's a great name. (laughs) What a great name. Uh, And so, um, you know, I I think. Well, so, so okay, so what constant? So this okay, so let's take this a step further. Then, just to to tease this all the way up, what constitutes a Christmas movie? So, like Charlie Brown Christmas. Okay. Okay, that's a Christmas movie. Yeah. Well, the I mean, literally, it's in the title, and it, it. it culminates to a explanation of what. I mean, it's probably the most. It's probably the most explicitly Christmas Christmas movie because yeah. it actually literally uses the Bible and, and and talks about that's what Christmas is about. Charlie Brown, you know. So um, definitely, I'd say that no one debates is Charlie Brown Christmas a Christmas movie. But like, then you get movies like uh, the what is that? The Krampus, you know, like horror movies. Like, can horror movies be Christmas movies? Because same same idea, Christmas party, Christmas spirit, we're all there, right, right. But but those are the those are the settings of it, right? Is that the spirit of it? Sure. And I think that's where you you have to get back to the spirit of it. Now it's easy, you know, like if you want to be a legalist and say <laughs> it has to follow this formulaic thing. But we walk in the spirit, and we have to. Be I don't know. To... I'm pretty legalistic about my Christmas <laughs> movies. I'm gonna let you know <laughs> yeah. right now. You have to be able to divine. Like, what's the message behind this? So, like, what's the message of a horror movie? Like specifically is okay. Let me make it less. Let, not okay. So yeah, obviously the message is well, and it's and that's it, this. It, it very rarely feels like a message of hope and love and and goodwill towards men. So um, uh, what is the uh, what is the movie where every time an, a bell rings, an angel gets his wings? What's that movie? Oh, that's uh, uh, uh gosh, dang it. <laughs> what is it? I know, right? A Wonderful Life. Wonderful. Is that a Christmas movie? Uh. 
That's a great question. Because no, there's no murder in that one. Well, I guess technically the guy is dead, the angel that's there. He's gone, but he didn't get murdered. Um, it's in Christmas. It's at Christmas. It happens during Christmas time. And it is all about the idea of camaraderie, family. They all bring him money at the end. They, you know, then they sing. Community yeah, together. community. I have grown up historically saying, no, that's not a Christmas movie because I am very Christmas legalistic um, about said movies. What makes that not a Christmas movie? Uh, because it, I think this is what makes it, it centers on the event of Christmas itself. So Home Alone has a better argument of being a Christmas movie because it all culminates, right, mm -hmm. on Christmas and Christmas Eve, right? That's where he beats the bad guys. That's where, you know, it, it, it's all, it's centered around literally the December 24th, 25th day. I don't think somewhere in like um, Die Hard is because it doesn't. The day is completely pointless. Well, yeah, I think that's. I think that's where you have to look at it and say, does it ex does it survive the the critical eye? Right. If you remove the Christmas setting from it, right? Because even Home Alone two, right? I mean, he gets lost again. Well, How even, DFS hasn't gotten involved in Home Alone I yet? Even I don't know, know. Die Hard happened during Christmas until I first heard this debate because I hadn't watched sure. Die Hard when I was younger. Sure, I ended up watching it later. Um, you know, but like I watched, it. I can't think of a singular Christmas thing about it. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Right. Like, it's it's the only idea is that it's Christmas season. Right. Right. That's that's it. But this could have happened at any time. Right, you know, I mean, you take Christmas out of. See, that's what I'm saying. If you took that element out of it, would it be a Christmas movie? No, right. of course not. But if you took the element out of that at Home Alone, of course, because he uses the decorations to fake a party. Yes. Right, you know what I mean. So, so or you or need, Christmas is a key element to the plot. Or or it's a Wonderful Life. Yes, he doesn't have the money. They're going to go bankrupt, and it's Christmas time. Right. But that could have happened in July. You know what I mean? Like. So that's that's my that's that's my thing is is but people wouldn't have felt charitable in July, right? No, no, they wouldn't. They would have <laughs> felt patriotic. So, right. so that I think you know, well, that's you're an American. <laughs> pull yourself up <laughs> by your bootstraps. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually it. Wouldn't be them coming back with the money. It'd be, it'd be the bank coming into foreclose on them. <laughs> this is ours now. Yeah, but I will say it does have. It's a Wonderful Life does have the theme of generosity, right? He's in that yes. he's in that particular place because he's generous, uh -huh. and I think that that is a Christmas theme. So I don't uh, know. Another aspect of it too, though, is that it connects you to the divine. Sure, you know. Sure, sure, right? sure, for so sure. It's similar to like a Christmas Carol, right? Which like there's this connection to the divine, right? Um, and it happens to occur during Christmas, right? Right, but divinity, you know. Is the purpose of Christmas a hundred percent right? So, like, I think that element too kind of lends itself to it becoming a Christmas movie, especially when you set it during a Christmas season. Right, right. Well, it, and that I mean, terrible theology, by the way, though. In that. Yeah, like right. So, like, an angel gets its wings, wings right? Yeah, what, it God, has to earn its like, God yeah. made incomplete angels. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, right. Well, and that humans become angels, like in yeah. the sense that the Bible talks about angels. We are separate. We're different. You know, so so yeah, I know. Terrible theater. See, yet another reason why it shouldn't be a Christmas movie. Now, Christmas Vacation, obviously a Christmas movie. <laughs> Does there actually, is there actually any mention of Jesus in that movie? I'm trying to think. Uh, probably only in taking his name in vain. Probably, probably. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, there's, a, there's a comment, I think, in that one where uh, Uncle Eddie... Uh, crazy Uncle Eddie, and they're they're like shopping, and he's he's low on money, and he mm -hmm. says something like, "I wish I had that money back that we gave to that televangelist." <laughs> he did that, that ran off with, <laughs> with all the, the, the hockey player. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, well, "What about the kids?" He's like, "I don't care about their kids." He's like, "No, your kids." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I'm trying to. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. All right, all right. Anyway, well that that's a good Christmas debate right there. It is. All right, I did.